0: Hey, this is Laura. And Steven. And this is our podcast, Midday Musings, where we take our lunch break to talk about the things that are on our mind. Today we're talking about creative confidence. Using examples like Jack Cousteau, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and my personal favorite historian, Eleanor Yanaga, we discuss how the world needs your work and you shouldn't be afraid to show it. Let's get into it. Hey, Steven. Hi, Laura. How is it going?
1: You know, it's going pre stellar, actually.
0: Ooh, yeah. stellar. Yeah. Star-like. Love that.
1: Steven is amazing.
0: <laughs> like S- a star in the sky?
1: Like a star in the sky, yeah. <laughs> just like Jenna Moroni <laughs> from 30 Rock. <laughs> Steven's amazing, like a star in the sky. <laughs> Steven's amazing,
0: like a star in the sky. I don't know.
1: That's just where I'm at today. Yeah. Oh, I that's know.
0: wonderful. I, I love to hear that. Anytime you feel like Jenna Maroney, you know that you're you're in a good space. Yeah,
1: I know she's kind of. I, I think you've mentioned some people interpret her as a villain in that show, but I don't know. She's she's great.
0: Oh yeah, some people rightly identify that Jenna Maroney has problems, <laughs> but what I think I rightly identify is that this woman is equal to all of her problems. Like she's, <laughs> how however dark her past. She has created like a nuclear core of light that just propels her towards what she wants. And whether or not you believe what she wants is valuable or not, fame, fortune, etc.
1: I just love that her go-to phrase is, I'll do it, whatever it is. She's like, fine, I'll do it. As if it's a great sacrifice and not something that is just going to help her career.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dude, the focus and verve that she brings to her career is what I seek to bring to all the aspects of my life. It's Mm. really inspiring to watch Jenna Maroney work.
1: Oh yeah. When she's like, when she just says so happy and confidently happy birthday gremlin, like, like it's the, (laughs) it's a ridiculous thing to say, but she says, she says it so confidently and with such, such love, such joy in saying it, you're like, you know what? Maybe that is the right way to spell that on this, on this Carvel cake.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Jane Krakowski. (laughs) You're a national treasure. We're lucky to have you.
1: Jane Krukowski. You're, you're fantastic. We love mm-hmm, you. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is that what we want to talk about? Are we talking about Jane Krukowski and Jenna Maroney today? What, are, what do you want to I don't know. Maybe
0: maybe I want to talk about the drive and verve that Ooh. she brings to the world. Oh, I like that. I, I want to be driven and vervulous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> vervulous. Vervulous. Vervalicious. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> in pursuit of all my dreams, yeah. Be they making children in Kids Got Singing cry openly.
1: <laughs> America's Kids Got Singing. America's right. Kids
0: Got Singing.
1: <laughs> you know she really is shamelessly driven, isn't she?
0: Shamelessly driven, shamelessly self-promotional, and I think for creators like ourselves, like so many, so many people in the American economy it's worth emulating yeah because there can be a certain amount of shame when you hawk your own creations mm-hmm. we have this idea i think of the artist being someone disconnected from the marketing funnel with with engagement with the audience the the idea of the artist is like lone and separate and generating true work untouched by the 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 dirty popularizing system that you have to do if you're going to have your your work and your content and your art be seen oh yeah um but not jenna maroney jenna maroney will make and hawk and become anything that's necessary to get herself out there i don't know i i consider her a personal role model in every way except how she (laughs) lives
1: You know, I, I was thinking exactly about that component of the the shame of self-promotion mm-hmm. that many creatives have. I mean, myself included, I'm I'm definitely a creative. I mean, I've created a lot of things in my past. Yeah. And it is it is hard to promote. So many of us that make things just don't feel like it's ready for the world yet. Or what if someone shuts it down or says this is terrible but jenna doesn't seem to care about that you say what you will about her but she has no fear or shame of self-promotion she is like self-promotion and self-interest like embodied oh yeah she has that
0: you yeah as do i she has no shame period
1: no which i think is how
0: you thrive in the american economy (laughs) the shameless be out here thriving
1: Ooh, would you say she is a result of her environment maybe in order to survive and thrive and succeed well above the other actresses in her age group and in her talent range she she had to become this this like this juggernaut of self-promotion and like confidence just covered with the armor of Of self-confidence and self-assurance of course underneath it all is like a little girl who is crying and scared and doesn't really think she's worth anything because you see her doing her Mm -hmm. self-assessments right yeah uh when like in her secret moments of of self-doubt she's deeply worried that she actually doesn't mean anything to anyone but she does an excellent job of not letting that stop her from being successful and i think that's fantastic you know Like one can be both very deeply insecure, but incredibly outwardly self-confident. And I think we could all learn from that. Because I I look at confidence and I say to myself, that's fun. I Mm -hmm. consider myself more confident than I used to be, but I assumed that if someone was confident, it they were confident because they had reason to be confident. Yeah. On the inside. Like they had a loving two-parent household and everyone, you know supported them throughout their entire life and they they were just this is me in my early 20s mm-hmm. very woefully un, unknowledgeable about how people worked at that time and now i realized no confidence has no, almost nothing to do with how you feel on the inside it is simply understanding how to present yourself to the outside world in a way that people trust that you know what you're talking about
0: to quote maddie from euphoria the thing about confidence is nobody knows if it's real or not yeah <laughs> I think for artists in particular, we have this idea that we want someone to tell us that it's good. Mm -hmm. We need a second opinion, a second pair of eyes to be like, yes, okay, let's promote this. And so we naturally separate the process of creation and the process of bringing it to an audience. Mm -hmm. And we tell ourselves that it's not the right time or someone with a different skill set would be required to do it. Um, We come up with a ton of excuses to retain that beautiful, isolated space of creation, which yeah. truly is the best part of making stuff. Like when you're making stuff is when it feels the most good.
1: Oh yeah. You're um, alone in a room, you're dancing it out or painting or you're making music and writing down furiously. Everything feels amazing because you're creating it in a vacuum.
0: Yeah. We're sitting here right now talking and creating and this is the best that it feels. Like the editing doesn't feel this good. The posting doesn't feel this good. The audience reception, well, the audience reception can't feel good.
1: It's, it's feeling pretty good and it's gotten better. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the audience reception these days.
0: Like, rate, and subscribe. Right. Um.
1: (laughs) And don't forget to leave a five-star review. See, we are getting better at shamelessly self-promoting. It's important. We all should feel confident enough in what we're doing because it reminds other people that they can also feel confidence in us too.
0: Oh, sure, sure. But more than anything, forget the shoulds of the situation. The reality of our situation is that we live in a world where everything is democratized. So if you're a creator, you're probably also going to be your promoter, and you're going to be your marketing and your PR. You have to be a whole business by yourself. And that should mean confidence. That means you have to do these things regardless of how you feel about it. And it doesn't matter if the confidence is real or not, because no one can tell the difference. Right. I think there is a fun opportunity for every artist to just slap on a hat that is either delusion or craftsmanship and realize that what they make is worthy of an audience. Absolutely. Think of the things you've seen online that have garnered an audience.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we do also live with the fear of the reaction of of the internet and of people who are just cruel. Like mm-hmm. people who aren't creating things tend to be extraordinary judges. Yeah. <laughs> like critics from from every every side of the arena will come for you and pick you apart. And that's fine because they're not in the arena, so they don't actually matter. Right. This is actually a Brene Brown perspective. She is of the belief that what she does is putting herself in an arena. You know, Mm. she does. She produces books. She produces talks and media. And we worship her or we don't, I guess. But uh, what she believes is her defining factor and what her husband believes makes her slightly dangerous is that she doesn't care about your opinion Hmm. unless you are also in the arena with her. Interesting. And I think that's a gorgeous perspective to have. It's one I try to internalize. And it's one I, I would encourage other people to internalize. Like, if people aren't doing what you're doing, if they aren't where you are, they don't really have advice to give you. But it would be really nice if they did take a look at your work like, rate, and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, no, but we're all creators. Mm-hmm. Like the the advent of social media, of our personal publication platforms, is that we now all have the opportunity to, cr- to create, and we also have the op- opportunity to self promote and to try our hats in the arena. Yeah, do it. Like, I dare what, you. <laughs> what's stopping you? What is what? What do you have to lose? Just just do it
1: right? Yeah. If there's anything you're sitting on that you have wanted to do for some time, just start it. Why not? That podcast, that person you want to call to talk about that opportunity, just do it. Like The worst thing they can do is say no. And you know what feels worse? Not knowing. That feels way worse. As someone who has definitely sat on things way longer that I wanted to do and not gone for it, not knowing feels way more, well, just feels way worse than just outright rejection to be honest so if you're worried about feeling bad or getting hurt you're going to hurt yourself a lot more if you just don't take. yeah internalized
0: critics are far worse than externalized critics because you can turn them off oh yeah but you are amazing like a star in the sky i am obsessed with a historian called eleanor unega oh yeah and i have now recently followed her on a number of social media platforms, and have discovered that she has been doing exactly what I do since I was in my early 20s, since I was a teenager. She writes a blog on topics that interest her, and she makes podcasts on topics that interest her. And her specialization is is what makes her unique. You know, she's a public historian. But she and I are identical in how huh. we've been using the internet. And so that means that the separation between me and one of my heroes is arguably semantic. Uh, It's not not material. Like, we're the same. Yeah. Even though she has a specialization in history, and that's what, what makes her go, I have a specialization in performance, and here I go, performing again. The space between what you want and where you are is so much smaller than you expect. Like, this woman is a goddess, and she has a Patreon.
1: Mm. Mm. As she should. She should. She should. I feel like she knows a lot about what she's talking about.
0: Oh, yeah. She's a medievalist and very, very cool.
1: And she's not afraid to share it. There are people who know a lot about a thing, but don't ever want to share it, whether Mm. they feel uncomfortable sharing it or whether they just want to just learn more. And then there's those who know a decent amount about the thing, but are very open to and want to share that information constantly. As an example, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm. Is he the most knowledgeable scientist in the world? Hard no. Probably not, right? Hard no. But he is the most willing to and adept at sharing science in a way that the masses understand. That me, as a member of the masses, goes, that's cool. I don't know a lot about science, but I know that I like how he presents it. I like how he talks. And I like what I learn whenever I talk to him. I like how I feel about information and science when I talk to him. Same way, Jacques Cousteau. Uh, from what I've what mm-hmm. I've heard, Jacques Cousteau is not the most knowledgeable sea explorer in the world, or was. I believe he's since passed away. But he was the most desirous of sharing that information. Mm-hmm. He was an evangelist for undersea exploration, and he catalyzed tons of kids and tons of people to become passionate about undersea exploration and what is down under the mm-hmm. water, whether it's going scuba diving, or just learning about what is in the ocean. And even though I heard his his community of undersea explorers actually thought of him as a bit lesser than them. They said, oh, Jacques Cousteau, he's just a showman. He's just a performer. But... Haters going to hate. Right? But what he did for their industry and for the popularization of their industry is immeasurable.
0: I know, right?
1: So just being willing to take what you know and share it with people... You can do so much for the world, for your industry. So take the people like Jacques Cousteau, Eleanor Yonega, uh, and Neil deGrasse Tyson as examples. You don't have to be the foremost expert in a thing. You just have to be know enough about a thing and be willing to talk about it yeah, at length. Who cares You don't what have
0: says? to be the best. No. You just have to be willing. Yeah. I would argue you have to be enthusiastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Since enthusiasm is one of the most persuasive things you can bring to a table, can I share with you one more Eleanor Unega thing that Absolutely. I discovered? She's from Tacoma originally. <gasps> really? She was she was in the Pacific Northwest for a month in December. Oh,
1: that's so cool. Yeah. Where is she now, do we know?
0: Oh, she lives in England usually, <gasps> oh, but her hometown is Tacoma. That's so cool. I I think so too.
1: Yeah. Not from uh, Seattle, but it's Tacoma. It, it's
0: it's adjacent. Seattle <laughs> adjacent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. she's yeah. from South Tacoma. Um she has a unique way of communicating history which I think will ultimately make her a a member of larger public interest. Nice. Yeah, she mm, mm. There, mm. Mm, mm. Sorry, I'm such a fan. I need to I need to calm down. I need no, to calm down. No, no.
1: Don't don't calm down. Don't calm down. Tell me more. Tell me everything you want to know about it because there's someone out there and I keep tagging people from different history podcasts on our podcast. So it is likely people listening may also be interested in history things. So please share as much as you feel like sharing.
0: Okay. So th- the reason you should apprise yourself of Eleanor Yanaga's work is that she is a a hardcore academic who communicates in vernacular. Like she uses slang. She will explain like like she's Gen Z an event in history. And it nice. makes it really entertaining. It's something you do not see in a lot of the British historians because they tend to be British and they tend to come from, from a lineage of letters that encourages... Poshness,
1: propriety, yes.
0: Well, uh, there, there's an association between formality of communication and quality of research, and that is not what Eleanor Unega, an American, is bringing to British history. Mm. And I think that she is bringing what is essential to history because she's going to be able to evangelize it much better than the formalists that that are her counterparts. Human beings are actually fascinated by history. We just need to be told in the right way. Yeah. Because these are incredible stories. And that's kind of what I try to do on this podcast. Take concepts that are a little more highbrow and bring them into a place of enjoyable, casual, fun, funny packages so that more people can be more curious. Because I I found in everything that I've ever done, even, even something as small as yoga people think that there is a barrier to entry oh, and no. there is no barrier to entry for any piece of human culture. If a human can do it, you can do it.
1: I think what is important, what is vital is that a person is able to convey it to you in a way that is simple and digestible. Yeah. Why this thing works and why it's easy for you to get into it. Because sometimes, like I think I've mentioned before, people like to gatekeep. They like to say no, this is my information. You can't have this information. Here's why it's so hard to do this thing, be a historian or be interested in history or get into programming or you know, there's, there's a high tech bar in this organization. You the know, learning curve. They try, to, they try to keep you out. But what more people should say is, look, there's a lot to learn. If you want to get started, here are three key things you need to know going into it interested in this, interested in this, have the ability to do this. If you are good at these things and know these things, you can you can engage in learning about history or learning about how to do yoga. Uh, I think we need more people to to open doors than keep gates, to be honest.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like
1: that's what Eleanor Yanega does. She's trying to open doors and like you're trying to open doors here and get more people interested in history. And uh, there are a lot of podcasts that I, that I hear like history podcasts that are doing that too. They're, they're talking in like just common vernacular They're talking like regular people. You yeah. know, they're, they're not David Attenborough. They're not proper and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Well, sir, David Attenborough, you Who's can't, amazing. Who's who is amazing and has done countless things for countless causes. Absolutely. But you cannot send an aristocrat to do the work of the people. Mm. And the people deserve to have access to every facet of human culture, even the gate-kept ones. The term that is used for describing uh, the gatekeeping of academic or professional topics is arcanization. So, you try to make something arcane, you purposefully complicate it to, to discourage people from accessing it. This is, for example, the legal field.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: You yeah. arcanize language to discourage comprehension. And that is, I would say, objectively bad. Everything can be understood by the human brain if a human brain produced it. Truth. And in the same way, all of your art is worthy of review. You do not have to be technically the best. You do not have to be the most philosophically brilliant. Every human being has something to contribute to this field. That's my headline. Yeah. And Jenna Maroney knows it.
1: Jenna Maroney absolutely does. And uh, Scott Adams, though, he has a, mm, I'm not going to go into the books that Scott Adams has written, who's the creator of Dilbert. But one thing that I did enjoy about him is that he said his key to success was not that he was the best cartoonist in the world, not that he was the funniest person in the world, and not that he had a talent for, for drawing and art, but that he was pretty good at those three things Mm -hmm. and that was enough to get him to create this comic strip that was actually incredibly popular for the last 20 30 years you know you don't have to be the best at anything just find a few things you're pretty good at or can get better at and then find how they can work together so you can get to where you need to get to like you don't no one's got to be a genius to succeed you just have to be smart if that makes sense you got to be smart about how to use your skills and talents. Anyway, that's my takeaway for today.
0: Yeah, just try some stuff. Yeah,
1: try it. You're it is so shocking
0: long. how little failure
1: matters. Yeah, send it our ways. I'm deeply curious about people who try experimental stuff. Like, send send us your experimental podcast, your your art, whatever. Like, I want to tell you what I think about it. Help keep you on that path. I think it's a it's a good thing to do. Share it, please. Yeah, do it.
0: Yeah, do, do it. Make stuff. We dare you. Give it to us. Yeah. Give it to other people. It's going to be great. (laughs) And uh, we'll let you get back to your lunch break.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. Catch you all in the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye. This has been Steven. And Laura. Thanks for tuning into Midday Musings, the podcast where we talk about all the things on our mind. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and jump into the conversation in our polls and Q&As. We would love to hear from you. Catch you next lunch break.